0: Toronto, Canada, The
1: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serring. And welcome! Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, we have a special two-hour report on targeted individuals. Targeted individuals, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, uh, believe that they are victimized by constant organized gang stalking, remote electronic harassment, sometimes called psychotronic torture, using uh, microwave weapons, directed energy weapons, so-called non-lethal weapons that inflict physical pain psychological pain, sleep disruption, social isolation. And if you listen to this program regularly, you know I receive dozens of emails and letters every month from people who believe they are being targeted. And they come to me looking for help, hoping to make this torture stop. I've been approached outside the studio recently by a person desperately looking for help. And unfortunately, I can't make it stop. I can only help spread the word through programs like this, raise awareness. Who is responsible for this cruelty? We're not sure. Why are certain people targeted and not others? Again, not sure. Are these targeted individuals guinea pigs, perhaps, in some horrible population control experiment? We'll discuss. Our panel tonight, John Rappaport of nomorefakenews.com and noted expert in the field of electronic harassment, Dr. John Hall they're standing by. All that plus our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box, just moments away. Uh, A noted victim of psychotronic torture, Michael Fitzhugh Bell, the author of Invisible Crime, uh, joins us in this hour as well. In the second half of the program, Open Lines, where we'll hope to hear from more victims of organized stalking and electronic harassment, and also those of you who are not uh, victims, you're certainly uh, welcome to join in and tell us how you feel about this after what you've heard. And uh, also in the second hour, a Los Angeles private investigator who specializes in electronic countermeasures, Roger Tolsis will join us. First, let me introduce the boys in the band. On the other side of the glass tonight, sitting in for Ian Robertson, is young Will Power on the Fender Stratocaster. Will, Welcome. Here in studio, on the Rickenbacker bass guitar, and occasionally the theremin, Albert Wenzel. And finally, on the Hammond B3, my feature producer, Ryan White. Gentlemen, welcome all. All right, to our remote viewing experiment, what's in the box? You know how this works. Here are your coordinates. The mystery object is in the cigar box to my left, sitting on the studio desk here at 70 Jefferson Avenue in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Please submit your answer to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. You must use the hashtag TCSRemote. TCS, as in, The Conspiracy Show. Remote. And uh, to the skilled remote viewer who identifies what's in the box, some fabulous Conspiracy Show merchandise. And if you're a fan of the show, why not show it off? Visit the online store at theconspiracyshow.com www.theconspiracyshow.com. Buy a mug or a T-shirt or a phone case, and you can also help support our work. All right, to the panel. Uh, John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for over 30 years. He's written articles on politics, health, media, culture, and art for LA Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, Village Voice, Nexus, CBS, Health Watch, and other newspapers and magazines in the U.S. and Europe. He is the founder and director of nomorefakenews.com. John Rappaport, welcome, sir.
2: Good to be here, Richard.
1: Also joining us, Dr. John Hall uh, is a physician who considers writing his second profession. He's a medical doctor in San Antonio, Texas, and the author of Guinea Pig's Technologies of Control, about CIA mind control experiments on non-consensual subjects. And uh, his first book, it was A New Breed, Satellite Terrorism. Dr. Hall, welcome to you. Hey, Richard. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you. Thank you both. John, let me start with you. because John Rappaport, that is. I've got two Johns here tonight. I'm not sure if this is a subject you've discussed in the media uh, before. I know recently you wrote, on, uh, you wrote about psychiatry and the CIA and mind control. Uh, but let me get your impressions. Do you believe that what thousands upon thousands of alleged victims of psychotronic torture are saying is true? Could this really be happening?
2: yes it could be happening uh... like you i've had people contact me by email and uh... tell me their stories uh, Of course i have no way to verify each individual story but you know from the huge numbers of people that are reporting this i would certainly say that some of these stories are true however as you uh... mentioned uh, I've been researching the effect of chemical targeting, let's put it that way, in terms of the medical system, the psychiatric system, MKUltra, uh, which never really ended, a CIA mind control experiment. And in that recent article that you uh, indicated, what I found was a 1955 CIA document that was uncovered in 1970's uh, Senate investigations of the CIA that indicated the types of drugs that the CIA was looking to develop and among them for example they were talking about the need to find drugs that would make people dependent on other people or would prevent people from being able to work because they're they would be debilitated and presumably this would be both physically and mentally. And so I traced the drugs that the CIA was looking for way back in 1955 to the effects of modern psychiatric drugs which fulfill those objectives of the CIA. But in addition to that, uh we have The issue, for example, of targeting as medical kidnap. And if you want to read about that, there is a site called medicalkidnap.com. Kids taken by Child Protective Services, ripped out of their homes, in many cases for no good reason at all, put into foster homes and then drugged to the gills with psychotropic psychiatric drugs. We have young kids being screened in school at younger and younger ages by counselors, psychologists, and eventually psychiatrists who diagnose them without parental knowledge in some cases or certainly without informed consent and put on toxic and uh, damaging psychiatric drugs.
1: John, do you think then it's possible that psychotronic torture and the use of non-lethal weaponry, directed energy, or microwave weapons could be an extension of something like MKUltra?
2: Yes, I mean, that's w- that's where that uh, would fit into the picture. Because, look, the, the original MKUltra program involved chemicals, LSD, but a host of other drugs that were being used on uh, sometimes volunteers but many times people who didn't even volunteer didn't even know they were being drugged to research the effects of these drugs on people and that was back in the 1950s
1: right so who knows so
2: it stands to reason that with increasing use of other technologies you would be now moving into kind of electronic uh measures that you're talking about.
1: Doctor John Hall, um how many cases have you handled since you got involved in this field? How and, and how do you determine whether an alleged victim is credible?
3: Well probably since writing my first book I've probably actually personally communicated with I mean probably three to five thousand people I would estimate by now. I mean to give you an idea of how pervasive this has gotten I probably get 10 to 15 phone calls at my office answering service daily that's mainly from targeted individuals or people inquiring about my writing. Um, as a matter of fact, it's gotten to a point where there's more people calling after hours globally to my medical office um, than a lot of times actual people calling for medical treatment. So it's gotten very pervasive, uh, it is a global problem. and. Like I said, probably three to 5,000 that I've communicated with directly and many more than that that I've either had family members call or, or other people inquiring as to what their family member is going through.
1: And how do you – this is, must be a difficult task, and that is separating the credible cases from the non-credible, because let's face it, they all sound incredible.
3: Well, they're, it, it's getting better. I mean, they're, I mean the, what they were complaining about 10 years ago – Um, when, you know, a lot of the people started coming out of the woodwork, or it was actually before that. But over the last decade, there's been more and more people willing to come forward. And it did seem incredible to just about anyone that would listen to the stories then, since we've had some of the leakers come out and, you know, even some of these people that would just complain about their emails being hacked and the NSA watching them and things like that. Well, you know, when Snowden released, you know, his documents, then it came to light pretty solidly with an admission from the NSA that, yes, indeed, you know, we can scan your calls, your texts, and your emails. Now, the I think the question that you're really getting to is credibility as far as mental stability. You know, how can you tell if someone is mentally ill or if they're being a target? And sometimes that's difficult because this technology was designed specifically to mimic delusional disorder or paranoid schizophrenia. So, and, and as I had one psychiatrist friend of mine explain it to me, the way they diagnose that, essentially, there's no test for crazy. So the way they diagnose that is, do your complaints seem plausible? So, and as I had one psychiatrist explain it to me, if, if he had a former CIA agent come in complaining of having his phones hacked and being followed, then that would be believable and more plausible than a housewife coming in and making that complaint, but the interesting thing with most of the victims that I've dealt with they can pinpoint the time that they noticed people stalking them or the time they <clears throat> felt they were being attacked by directed energy weapons or you know hearing voices or whatever the the case may be usually to a specific point and most of the time the victims were you know highly functioning holding a job credible individuals prior. And especially for the diagnosis of schizophrenia, typically those people are diagnosed at an early age. That that's not something that happens to you at age forty.
1: This my limited experience, obviously not as extensive as as yours, is the same. That uh, the people that I have been approached um, that have approached me uh, seem very uh, rational and level-headed. They're not speaking in what sometimes is referred to as a word salad. They're focused, they're cogent, and ultimately very believable. John Rappaport, no more fake news, and Dr. John Hall stays with us. He, the author of Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control, will continue with our special on targeted individuals and psychotronic torture. Stay with us. we are listening
2: to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
1: Welcome back to our special on psychotronic torture, targeted individuals, organized stalking, electronic harassment. It's all a part of this horrible and cruel experiment, perhaps. John Rappaport is the uh, director, founder of nomorefakenews.com. Uh, John, how can people order your uh, CD-ROM series, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix?
2: Well, they just go to my website, no more fake news.com they can read about the contents of these uh, collections and also, of course, read my free articles and sign up for the email list. I do articles from time to time on the whole issue of mind control, which is very wide-ranging and includes information mind control, which, of course, people are immersed in. Every day, so that's basically how they can find me.
1: All right, uh, Doctor John Hall. How can people order your books, "Guinea Pigs: Technologies of Control" and "A New Breed: Satellite Terrorism"?
3: Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, is just about any bookstore uh, either has it or can order it uh, if they're staying in stock. That, especially "Guinea Pigs," I know they've had a hard time keeping it in stock. Uh, unless you're ordering on a government computer, yet yeah, neither can be ordered there.
1: So, All right. Uh, John Rappaport, this is a difficult uh, subject to broach uh, in the media because of uh, public incredulity. Uh, people simply don't believe this is happening. What would you say to people listening right now who think these alleged victims are just paranoid or mentally ill?
2: Well, you know, you can have that opinion if you want to, but as we started to at the top to talk about when there are thousands and thousands of people who have these stories and there are common denominators then you have to start taking it very seriously which the media by the way does not and the media major media has the resources to actually track some of this down if they wanted to for example if any of us the three of us had at our resource and disposal all of what the New York Times has we could take two or three cases that are the most credible and we could track this whole situation with these people with their permission of course in other words you stay with them you interview them you you work with them you see when these moments occur and what is happening electronically you have equipment you have measuring devices you have whatever it takes to look into this and see you know uh, part of the reason that this uh, becomes questionable and people say well i don't believe any of this and so forth is because if you if you really wanted to track this down and verify it empirically that's going to take time and that's going to take resources and funding to do this and so far i know of No funding on this
1: problem. Uh, Dr. Hall, give us uh, a laundry list of some of the technologies that are out there, the non-lethal weapons being used to uh, inflict this physical and and, and psychological torture.
3: Well, in addition to, as uh, Mr. Rappaport spoke of, I mean, drugging certainly is how a lot of this started. And as he said, as technology advanced, did the uh, experimentation and he's right mk ultra never ended only the release of freedom of information did on it and so much money was spent on mind control and so much of it looked like it was functioning that a lot of it started with microchipping um delgado did most of those experiments and even before he died in the 80s actually uh, said that the uh, microchipping was passe that all the research he'd done did on that could now be done as and using his term with broadcasting, meaning that it could be the brain could be manipulated remotely with various frequencies. And as you saw with uh, Michael Persinger, who's up in your neck of the woods, did a lot of uh, microwave research and ELF research for the Navy, and actually came out and said that he could control every mind on the planet using extremely fl- low frequency waves, which is a lot of what we're seeing. Is millimeter wave, extremely low frequency waves, scalar waves, um, acoustic devices uh, like the LRAD, which actually has been used on populations now at some of the G20 summits. And I think um, Los Angeles actually has an LRAD now that they will use on groups of people, which is, for those who don't know, a long-range acoustic device um, that actually is either sound To the point where you have to get out of the way of it or can actually be tuned to certain frequencies to stimulate the bowels Uh, millimeter wave weapons which burn the skin but once they're turned off leave no mark Um, they're actually using that in one of the la prisons now uh, from a joystick controller to attack prisoners but mostly what we're seeing a lot from target individuals that our biggest complaint uh, is remote neural monitoring which is uh, a way to stimulate the brain to transmit a signal that the EEG can be or the brain waves can be decoded from, manipulated or heterodyned, and then sent back into the human brain for entrainment to initiate you know, anxiety, depression, anger, rage, uh, whatever emotion that you know, they need to facilitate. And the best way to think of that is there's a catalog of EEG waveforms that correspond to those states. And if you can get the person to entrain that waveform, then they'll display the emotional state you're wanting them to display. It's it's no mystery that Aaron Alexis, when he shot up the Navy Yard, sketched this is my ELF weapon on the side of his shotgun. That was a vengeance shooting, not a, a crazy person, you know, running amok with a gun. He had a clearance and he knew that some of the research was being done at the Navy Yard.
1: John Rappaport. Why are some some people uh, do you suppose uh, being uh, why are some people targeted and not others uh, if, if someone was a, a whistleblower it would stand to reason that maybe they would be targeted but often these are are just everyday normal hard-working people uh, with no contact with you know government departments or defense contractors or anything like that why are some people targeted and not others
2: I think you've got to look at the whole thing well the term guinea pigs is quite real it's a test, it's an experiment. Let's try this. Let's see what happens if we do that. Uh this is the kind of mindset that these experimenters sometimes have. It doesn't follow the pattern that you would ordinarily think it would. You would say, you know, okay, so we've isolated these 53 whistleblowers here and we're now going to harass all of them. <clears throat> well, not necessarily. Because the experiment could be formulated on in many different ways. Let's just take somebody who's completely, uh, you know, living their own life that uh, doesn't even know about any of this and couldn't care less. And let's see what happens. Let's just, and then we'll have data to analyze. There's always that approach. Let's try this out. Then we can analyze the data. Then we can learn. Then we can do it again. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily follow the pattern that some people would imagine it does.
1: Uh, John Hall, uh, same question to you. Why are certain people targeted and not others?
3: Well, I think a lot of it's random. Um, They do want to make sure that they have a random sample as far as the experimentation goes. Uh, I have spoken with quite a number of whistleblowers that have been targeted uh, from the National Geospatial Agency, CIA, NSA. But you got to remember too, and and I'm sure Mr. Rappaport will agree when you look back at the experimentation done from the early MKUltra studies, you know, you you tend to pick or they tend to pick kind of common people from either, you know, just everyday life type people or they even will seek out people from kind of a lower level uh, in society, drug addicts. Um you know a lot of the experiments were done on mentally disabled kids at Willowbrook school prisoners uh one of the early some of the earliest m k ultra studies were done in the Utah prison uh, that's one of the first examples we had of several men that were locked away in solitary confinement and spoke of having electronic energy in the room on them so bad that they couldn't even get themselves off of their cots. One of them specifically said he was induced to hear voices, and and I'm quoting him, that the voices were very clearly responding to his thoughts. So um, the government actually has been very wise at picking out people in society that really have no recourse uh, as far as fighting the government. So I, I think some of it too, is they make sure to not pick people with any financial or political means. Uh, to actually get anything done about it. But a number of whistleblowers that worked for the government have actually come to me with these complaints. Now, that is the rarity, not the rule. Most of the people are just everyday folks, doctors, lawyers, housewives, um, you know, just people from normal walks of life.
1: John Rappaport, is this then, if this is an experiment, is it a dress rehearsal? Uh, Are we going to wake up one day and find that we're all being targeted in a similar fashion?
2: Well, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But the state, the mindset of people who do these experiments is not necessarily, you know, what you would call rational. I mean, for them, it goes on and on forever. That's what they want to do. That's, the that's, you know, that's the life they choose to be that kind of experimenter. And they don't care. So... In general, of course, the idea is to control societies, control minds in many, many different ways to make people more compliant and obedient and easier to control. So that's always the overarching
1: theme here. Dr. Hall, I guess same question to you. Is this a dress rehearsal? Are we all ultimately going to be victims of some type of psychotronic torture?
3: I think probably that can be the only goal. If you control the entire population, you control elections, you control judicial hearings. I mean, you, you can control everything. And as as a matter of fact, um, Vladimir Putin even said in an interview about three or four years ago now, a public interview, when they asked him about psychotronic weaponry, um, that uh, he claimed that whatever country controlled the best psychotronic weapons would control the globe without bullets or missiles because you can control the decision-making and I tell you, a really good book to read, That for those who haven't read it, is a book called Between Two Ages by Zbigniew Brzezinski. And this book was written well into the 60s and describes pretty much everything step-by-step step, as what we've seen through the MK Ultra experiments right into today's society as far as people being experimented on using electronic weapons um, the whole nine yards. So, I mean, I think it was kind of in the government plan, uh, as he said, all along from MK Ultra, which started in the 50s.
1: Uh, John Rappaport, any idea how we, we push the needle in terms of raising awareness about this? Because we, we seem to run up against this wall uh, with the mainstream media. They it's, it's like the third rail. They don't want to touch this. How do we get this message out there that this, this is going on uh, so that it's not just relegated to late-night programs like this one?
2: Well, I think late-night programs like this are very important. I mean, we, you and I have talked about this before. I see the rise of independent media as being one of the central uh, good developments that are happening and have been happening for a long time. And the decline of major media in the sense that fewer and fewer people are believing what they see and hear and are going to other sources for their information. So to me, the seesaw has been tilting in this direction, and it takes many, many independent outlets to bring this kind of story to the forefront where it becomes known by untold millions of people. You just have to keep going in this direction and not rely on major media for any
1: help whatsoever. Uh, Dr. Hall, you're on the front lines in this uh, this arena. Uh, are you seeing any change of attitude towards this subject on the, on, on, on the part of either maybe your professional colleagues or uh, those in the media? Are you seeing any sort of sea change on how this is being treated?
3: Yeah, it's, it's certainly gotten better over the last decade. Um, You know, a good quick story I can tell you is actually one of my attorneys, when my first book came out, A New Breed, which I believe was around 2005 or something like that, actually one of my attorneys said, oh my God, I read your book, this is nuts, you know, have you decided what you're going to do after you lose your license for writing this book? And I said, you know what, the right path is not always the easy path, and he said, yeah, I know, but there's no way this can be true. I know you believe it, but there's no way it can be true. Well five years ago this same attorney contacted me and he said remember that book you wrote and i said yeah and he goes well it's happening to me and my wife who do i need to write a letter to to get it to stop and i said man i I wish it were that easy you know typical attorney you know well i know that i can threaten somebody with a letter and it'll stop and i'm like i'm I'm sorry that doesn't work (laughs) that way but i have had probably more major media people actually contacting me as far as interviews now, some of them are, are strictly doing it to do a hatchet job on the whole um, situation or on me personally. But some of them have actually done some pretty good stories. And um, there are several pe- people doing documentaries on this, including myself, actually doing a documentary on it. So there has been a little bit more uh, major media exposure.
1: Well, that's good and news. I
3: think the public seeing all these mass shooters complaining of mind control is getting it there, too.
1: Dr. John Hall and uh, Dr. Dr. John Hall and John Rappaport. Thank you both so much. John Rappaport, no more fake news.com, and uh, Dr. Hall's book, Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control, and A New Breed Satellite Terrorism. Gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you, Richard. All right, when we come back, the results of our remote viewing experiment, plus our mailbag, and a look ahead of upcoming programs. Stay right where you are.
2: Peering into the shadows, where
1: the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. Welcome back to our special on targeted individuals, psychotronic torture, organized stalking, electronic harassment. Uh, coming up a little bit later, targeted individual Michael Fitzhugh Bell, uh, the author of The Invisible Crime. He now has uh, part two Available. It's called a targeted individual synthetic telepathy and global criminal biomedical human experimentation. It's quite a mouthful. All right. uh, It is time for the uh, the big reveal on our weekly remote viewing experiment. What's in the box? And uh, before we go to uh, Ryan for the Twitter feed response, let's go around the horn here in studio. Um, Now, Will Power, who's sitting in for uh, Ian Robertson. Can you hear me in there, Ian? Or sorry, I will. Do you want to yep. do you want to uh, give this a twirl? What's in the box? Did you want to hazard a guess?
4: Um,
5: I'm feeling something a bit metallic. I'm going to go with fork.
1: A fork, yeah. something metallic, a fork perhaps, some cutlery. All right, and uh, to our intrepid
4: story producer, Albert Vinzel. Well, every week when you open the box, it seems like that was in my unconscious and what I was going to say. (laughs) But uh, this week, I'm I'm guessing a perfume bottle? All right, One one of these weeks, you're going to have a perfume bottle in there. All right. Now, of course, I'll deliberately not have a perfume bottle because
1: you're trying to direct me. All right. And uh, finally, uh, my feature producer, Ryan White. What's in the box, Ryan? I'm seeing like a, a substance, you know, almost
5: like uh, the stuff that comes out of a fire ex- extinguisher or so something f- like foam, a foamy, f- yeah, interesting thing. But a lot of great guesses uh, on the Twitter tonight. A All ton. Right. Let's go to the uh, the Twitter feed. Eric uh, thinks it's a spool of thread. Uh, Numb Skull thinks it's the novel Watership Down* in hardcover. Interesting. Robert, a Zippo lighter. Luke, something white, round, hard plastic a golf ball or a ping pong ball. Uh, Drew sees a spool, maybe yarn, maybe thread. Uh, Anthony, a screwdriver. The Mojo family thinks it's a pocket knife or chiclets. Daniel sees a set of keys. Brent sees scissors. John sees a World War I army action figure. William sees a whistle or a bell. James sees a vintage camera. Uh, YY sees a small white plastic object similar but a container, like a contact lens mm. face. Allen, a Hot Wheels car. Iron Bison, ice cream scooper. Seven Flames, a, bed, a beverage coaster. Clinton, a DVD. Hugh, a ID card. Paul, something twisted. And another Paul, a pocket knife again.
1: All right. Now, this is interesting. Uh, go back and find the person who guessed a, an, a World War I action figure or toy soldier. Yes, a fellow Ooh, John. John. Well, that's pretty close, i got to tell you, because what I have in the cigar box this evening is a tank, a toy plastic tank. So, you know what? I think, what do you guys think? Is that worthy of uh, some conspiracy show merch? That's pretty good. That's a pretty close guess. What do you think, Albert?
4: Well, it's close. I it's, the tank seems more World War II, though.
1: Well, it is, but it's still, like a, a World area. War One toy soldier. I gotta, I gotta, I have to reward that. I, I, uh, John, is it? John Porter. If you, all right. If you're listening, John, uh, if you can, uh, if you're following us on Twitter, then direct message me, and at Richard Serrett, and we'll get your your, uh, your address and so forth, and we'll. We'll be in touch, and we'll send out some Conspiracy Show merchandise. Visit the online store. Help support the show. If you're a fan, show it off with a mug or a T-shirt or a, a phone case. And again, that's www.theconspiracyshow.com. Just go to the online store. Just ahead of Michael Fitzhugh Bell, we might have time to work in a couple of uh, emails here. Let's go to the mailbag, Albert, and what do we have?
4: Well, it's not a surprise. Letters from T.I.s are just pouring in, more confirmation of the phenomenon. Uh, The first one's from Igor, and says, Dear Richard, I discovered Coast about eight or nine years ago, and more recently, your show. In 2014, I became aware that I was the victim of organized stalking. Uh, It took a long time to realize what was going on, given the bizarre nature of the crime. Initially, I was stalked by an individual. He's been harassing me for a long time. Then I realized something more was going on. Uh, I, I was appalled when you brought this topic up on your show. You were talking about people who contacted you with claims of harassment, stalking, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but you said, to, I think you said many of these people appear to be delusional or mentally ill. I cannot believe what I was hearing. Uh, you're one of the only shows talking about this sub- subject, and now you were ca- casting doubt. As you are aware, a large percentage of information on this subject is outright lies and disinformation. I believe your comment may have been swayed by phony victims who contact you with incoherent mishmash in order to discredit the real victims. On the other hand, many legitimate victims have trouble communicating their problems. Uh, I All have right, I've got to jump in there, Albert, okay. but uh, to Igor, and we have since corresponded,
1: uh, what I said to Igor was I think you either misheard or perhaps misinterpreted what I was saying uh, I I don't think I've ever in all the years that we've been talking about this dismissed the majority of the cases as uh, mental illness or simply delusional in some way uh, far from it I think what I have stated repeatedly is that and I think John Rappaport and Dr. John Hall reiterated this during our panel the uh, people that can be targeted often may have an underlying mental health issue. They could have, not all of them, or they could have some an addiction, for, for example, because those people already in other people's minds have a credibility issue. They pick on people who will not be believed. That's perhaps what Igor thought he heard uh, and misinterpreted. But no, I would never uh, paint the vast majority of alleged victims with that, um, you know, the mental illness brush. I don't, uh, I don't dismiss them. I, um, I believe, by and large, these people are experiencing something real. Of course, that's not to say that there aren't cases out there that are not credible. However, in my estimation, the vast majority, at least that have contacted me, are credible. All right, Igor, I hope that uh, straightens it out. When we come back, targeted individual, Michael Fitzhugh Bell, will share his harrowing story. Stay with us. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. After the uh, top of the hour, open lines. uh, But we are looking for calls related to tonight's uh, topic, and that is uh, psychotronic torture, organized stalking, electronic harassment hoping to hear from other targeted individuals and uh, perhaps just the general public and getting uh, some feedback from you on how you feel about this, this uh, topic. Uh, do you believe it has credibility? And uh, we are joined by a targeted individual now. Michael Fitzhugh has been on the program several times. And in his book, The Invisible Crime, he tells a true story of an innocent man becoming the unwitting target of a secret criminal organization using high-tech weaponry microchip implants, and mind control on its victims, leaving no evidence. um, The newest edition is The Invisible Crime Part 2, A Targeted Individual, Synthetic Telepathy, and Global Criminal Biomedical Human Experimentation. Michael, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you these days?
0: Richard, it's nice to be back. Thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. Uh, But uh, as someone who is targeted uh, and... um, you know, subjected to physical, psychological torture, social isolation. How, how are you managing these days?
0: Well, I've developed um, techniques over the years in, in adapting and coping with this terrible situation that I'm presented with every day. People that aren't familiar with the crime don't understand that it's not like a typical crime that happens once or twice, it's a continuous, ongoing process. It's a, um, a relentless uh, experience that, that uh, never ends uh, once it starts. Um, so, it's very difficult to, um, to learn how to cope with it. It's, uh, it's overwhelming. Um, the best you can do is learn how to survive uh, one day at a time, basically.
1: Now you are an executive chef in in Hollywood. You also have worked as a as a screenwriter. Are you able to function to the point where you can you can hold a job and work steady?
0: Uh, I could um, certainly, with uh, being a chef, I could I could I have done that. Um, but as a writer, um, I don't have to go to a, a regular nine to five job. That would definitely be more challenging. Uh, I could do it, uh, but then also, you would also run the risk of the people that you work with are going to make life difficult for you uh, at at your job, um, and holding that job is certainly more challenging. Being a targeted individual than just a regular person who doesn't have this terrible situation to. That faces them every single day.
1: Earlier in the show, we talked with uh, Dr. John Hall and uh, Dr. and uh, John Rappaport from No More Fake News uh, were, were with us on the panel, and Dr. John Hall was uh, running down the list of some of the non-lethal weaponry and the technology that's available. So we've talked a lot about the technology. Talk to me a little bit about the organized stalking aspect, and you mentioned how it would be difficult for you to go into a work environment because there's maybe some individuals yeah. there that have been recruited basically to drive you up the wall. Talk to me about how organized stalking has played out in your life.
0: The organized stalking is a technologically advanced intelligence network um, where, where basically someone like myself who believes that and has evidence, of it, as I showed in my first book, that they have been shipped. Um, if that is true, which I believe it is true, um, that would give the perpetrators, the criminals, the ability to track, monitor, surveillance, view, harass, torture me, um, all from remotely, from great distances. And with the organized stalking, I'm at an extreme level of that particular part of the crime, um, in terms of. Manpower being used on me when whenever I leave my residence, whenever I travel in a car, wherever I go to any store um, it's particularly um, challenging when I travel uh, in airports on uh, this this criminal this criminal syndicate this global criminal syndicate which uh, is certainly has their hand in this crime has Unlimited resources. For, and for someone like myself, when I travel, for instance, all of the seats around me on the airline will be purchased by members of the criminal cartel, um, which will, during the course of the flight, will interact with me and let me know that they're part of this crime. As well as when I get to my destination, the hotel, the into all the the entire floor. Of the the hotel, the room that I that I'm taking at the hotel, the entire floor will be purchased by the criminal cartel uh, and have operatives, people uh, in those rooms around me, above me, and below me in the hotel. Um, that's how did it, the kind excuse of me, Michael, how did organized stalking
1: that I'm receiving. How how are these people recruited? These are not necessarily government uh, people. These are perhaps just citizens, how are they recruited in this campaign to drive you crazy? What do they tell these people in order to get them on board?
0: That's a great question, Richard. Um, From what I understand and from my research and the feedback that I get, people are being told specifically about me and about a lot of other target individuals that I'm aware of. They are being told a vicious lie, something like, that the targeted individual is a pedophile. That's the first thing that they'll do. Because that um will garner instant hatred for the person. Uh that's something that they can get people very quickly uh to to to, to get to hate the person. And then of course for some of the more elaborate things for the for 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 people that are following you in cars or Placed in stores, may be getting financial reward for it. Not much, um, certainly enough for them to keep coming back for more. But they're not getting rich doing it. But that's what that's that's that's, that's, that's money is the motivator in, in that respect, uh, along with rumors and uh, uh, a, a terrible um, campaign against the person in terms of. Their, um, their, their, their—just their overall, um, how they're presented to people. Right. Uh, One of the things that targeted right?
1: individuals um, often complain about is having uh, their property, um, uh, people breaking into their apartment or their house. That's and right. It, does that happen w- to you a lot?
0: Yes. Yes. In fact, yes. It's a, that's a great question, Richard. Yes. The the organized stalking. The unforced break-ins into my home. Um, it, repeatedly, I've had to um, I've had to create my own system to survive um, with um, thermal cameras um, throughout my house, um, digital audio recorders going all the time, multiple. I have three three recorders, three cameras, upstairs and downstairs. Um, do you
1: even bother reporting still, break-ins it, to the police yeah. anymore? Do you even bother reporting these break-ins to the police at this point?
0: Well, you can't. You can't, because once you do that, you're going to start a report on you. The the The, the, the police that has to come out to your house, they'll start a report. That's what the criminals want. They want you to contact the police, to start getting uh, reports about you, and then... After a while, if you make enough of these calls, it's going to discredit you, and they'll use that against you.
1: You mentioned organized crime. I mean, is that who you believe is responsible, that these are, these are organized criminals that have somehow, they're in possession of this equipment and they're using it on you? Or do you, like Dr. John Hall and John Rappaport, believe it may be some rogue element within the intelligence complex?
0: I believe it's, it's a collusion between the military black ops government portion of the United States government and other governments around the world and multinational corporations and the global criminal syndicate. So you have the technologies being created by these multinational corporations, these elaborate electronic weapon systems, and then you have the... Um, the elements of uh the criminal community uh people that are being given uh access supposedly being given access to these um to this technology these are cla- this is a classified technology these that that perhaps border other technologies but for the most part what's being used on targeted individuals is referred to as classified technologies, and yes, people um, and all walks of life will be um, part of this, part of the um, the perpetrator group, um, and certainly um, the people in the community um, that have access to the target individual in terms of the um, the weapons, the the devices that are being used on them certainly they would have to be they would have to be distributed from the top, from the, the creators, from the multinational corporations, um, right down to the people in your neighborhood that are using they're supposedly using these devices on you. So, um,
1: Michael, f- final question. Wait, I just have about fifteen seconds here. There are yes. people out there listening who who are making up their own determination about this and saying, well, obviously Michael Fitzhugh Bell is is, uh, delusional or he's paranoid or he has some underlying mental illness. What would you say to those people who don't believe you?
0: Well, that's what what the, the crime is very ingenious in terms of the way that it makes people that are victims of it look that way. So yes, it's designed to make people look that way when in fact they aren't.
1: All right, Michael, again, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And uh, the book is The Invisible Crime. It's part two. Where can people get a hold of that book?
0: Yes, the books are available through my website, michaelfbell.com and invisiblecrime.com, and through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores
1: everywhere. All right, Michael, thank you again for this. God bless you. Thank you. All right, when we come back, open lines, and then Roger Tolsis. LA-based private investigator, 30 years experience in electronic countermeasures, hopefully offering some relief for people like Michael. Back with more. Stay with us.